Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today I am sitting with Christy Spencer. Thank you so much for joining me, Christy. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to have you here because we're discussing a topic that I feel has really kind of gone to the wayside, um, and that is manners and being polite. Uh, So let me introduce Christy to you, and um, we can dive into this because I'm, I'm fascinated by this topic, and I'm really excited to talk to you. So Christy Spencer is the founder of The Polite Company, an etiquette coaching service specializing in business, social, and dining etiquette. Christy is a journalist and certified etiquette consultant. She is a graduate of the University of Kansas and the prestigious Emily Post Institute. The Emily Post, Emily Post Institute is the gold standard of etiquette training and has been promoting civility across the world for 100 years. Christy is the exclusive etiquette instructor in the region who is trained by the Emily Post Institute. So congratulations on those accolades. That's wonderful. Thank you very much. So let's start with how did you get into this industry? I mean, it's so niche. So I'm I'm interested to know what what drew you into it. Well, I'd always had an interest in it, and it, that may have um, been spurred by living overseas and um, being in other cultures or seeing other cultures, but I also loved entertaining. Um, but I was also a hiring manager in newsrooms for over oh. 20 years. Yeah. And so through that, you know, gaining leadership skills and development, and this just seemed like a natural thing. Thing that took everything that I was really interested in. And, you know, it was a bucket list item that I wanted to take this etiquette class. And during COVID, I decided, you know, let's do it. And then once I did it, I was, um, I was just so excited to be part of a community where the whole idea is to make people's lives better and to yeah. help relationships. And, you know, sometimes etiquette has a bit of a PR problem. So mm-hmm. people think that it's antiquated or it's only for the wealthy or it's only for formal occasions. And the truth is we're using etiquette every day, all day yeah. long. Absolutely. And um, we might be using it well or we might be using it not so well. But every interaction we have, we are you know, using the etiquette that comes with that situation. Okay, interesting. So you came from journalism, where I'm sure you you've dealt with just walk all walks of life, you know, coming in, whether they're being interviewed, or you're you're talking to, you know, you're setting up journalists to be on air, you know, whatever the situation is, there's so many interactions with people, do you find that they are better in circumstances like that, where where the professionalism is turned up a notch? 
I think that we all perform better when we're thinking about our actions than mm-hmm. if, if when we're not really thinking about our actions. So anytime there is that added stress, whether you know it's getting a job or it's having a camera focused on yeah. you, anytime you are aware of your actions, I think we're just naturally going to do a little bit better and act a little bit better than we necessarily have to. Right. I would agree with that. So tell me a little bit more about when you go from journalism to uh, the Emily Post Institute. So the Emily Post Institute is the gold standard. You're absolutely right. It, that is the one. Um, so was it difficult to get into that that, that pr- program and how? what were the steps that it entailed? So this was a, a virtual program because, okay. again, it was COVID. Um, traditionally, they would have people go to Burlington, Vermont, where um, their headquarters is, which I always wanted to do. And it's yeah. a fall class. So, you know, fall oh, in Burlington, yeah. Vermont, you know, it wouldn't get any better. Mm-hmm. But that was going to not be so accessible for me because I had a full-time job and, you know, being right. away for that time. So um, so these were a series of modules where we learned over the internet and there were videos that I watched. And then I met every week with my trainer, who was Daniel Post-Senning, who is Emily Post's great-great-grandson. And wow. her two great-great-grandchildren run the institute now. And so, and it really is, you know, it's a family run business. And then you do feel like you are part of the post family um, by the time that you've graduated. So uh, it was just a, a wonderful experience. That's incredible. I love that story because <clears throat> I feel like sometimes when we're taking a leap into a new area, it's so scary. But when you can feel like you're joining a network or part of a family, it definitely does soften that quite a bit. Yes. Yes. Well, good. So let's dive into etiquette because I just, there's so much to know. Um, let's start with business. Obviously, this is a, a business driven podcast. So let's talk a little bit about etiquette in business. So, starting with the interview, what is great etiquette for an interview? I think, you know, you want to first be on time. Mm-hmm. And if that means checking out your um, destination a day ahead of time to make sure how long it takes you to get there. Yeah. Um, but no matter what, you don't want to be starting with an apology for being late. So right. being there on time, you know, is really important. And then I think that when you're in the interview, you know, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So mm-hmm. while there is um, there is a time for you to talk about your skills and Um, you know, what you can do in your background, there's even more time that you should be listening to what the company is wanting or what they're needing and what their um, culture is and values are. So I think that, you know, really doing some active listening and then, you know, asking questions, I think is great. Do your Mm -hmm. homework and know a little bit about the company. There's nothing that will impress them more than to find out that you took the time to go a little bit further than just showing up. Mm -hmm. And then I think, you know, after the interview, and this is so, so important because I think people will go get a haircut, they'll spend money on a new outfit, they'll make sure that they look great, but then they won't spend 50 cents on a stamp to put on a thank you note. So a handwritten thank you note. I know it sounds so old fashioned, but it is really important and it makes a fantastic impression. And they're not just for interviews. Anytime Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity or, you know, something has happened or somebody has hosted you, 
write the thank you note. Yes, I agree. I agree. Those are those are um, a really nice treat to get after an interview, but they happen very rarely. So, and it can uh, be a, it that. can really make the t- difference to somebody yeah. too. And an e- and a, a email and a thank you or thank you with an email is totally fine. Yes. Absolutely do that, but also follow it up with that handwritten one. No mm-hmm. one is going to you know count points off for somebody who thanked them too well or you know too many times. Right. I agree. That's wonderful. All right. So what about as the interviewer? So as the person doing the interviewing, what would be great etiquette for the interviewer if I'm hiring uh, staff for my office, for example? I think you want to set the tone by respecting somebody else's time Mm -hmm. and having some structure to the interview. So, you know, you're going... Companies aren't in the position that they used to be in where, mm-hmm. you know, it was. it is difficult to find people to work and it's difficult to find good people to work. And so you mm-hmm. have to be competitive. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, being wise of someone's time and, you know, of course, honesty is key to this. Um, there's three principles of etiquette and one of them is honesty. So I think you really want to be honest with the person as well. And if you come from a genuine place, then... Um, you act sincere and people will trust you. And when people trust you, they want to do business with you or work mm-hmm. with you. So I think that honesty and sincerity is the the number one thing to keep in mind. All right. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> so I, I do a lot of interviewing with my company or I used to. Um, now I have a recruiter, but I just hired a, a young lady for my office and it was a very easy hiring decision. The reason is because she... Uh, of the 10 people we sent uh, interview requests to, she was. we gave them the option. You can do a Zoom interview or you can come in person. She's the only one who chose to come in person. Of the Zoom interviews, some of them looked like they were prepared. Others looked like they were not prepared at all. They weren't, you know, really sitting down in front of a screen that, you know, they were off doing things. Like this was just something else in their day and they're multitasking while they're doing an interview totally not okay. Um, But she came in, she looked great. She was in a beautiful suit. She was well put together. She um, was prepared. She had a copy of her resume. I mean, just, just, she just checked all the boxes, everything she did exactly right. And she followed it up with a thank you letter. So, I mean, just, it was a slam dunk for her. I mean, there was she was so far above and beyond her competition at that point that it was, it was an easy decision. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, and as a as a hiring manager, you know, it it makes you level up your game. You know, it it makes you say, oh, oh, okay, we're we're back to this now. We're doing this again because Zoom, I think, created this laziness about us, right? <laughs> so, right. Absolutely. It <laughs> so it actually felt great to have somebody show up in a suit, look good, be prepared. And, you know, it, it makes you say, oh, good. This feels good. This feels the way it should be. You know, those are, fine. yeah. And those are not difficult things to do. They're no. fairly easy. Absolutely. And, but then, you know, they add up. And like you said, you know, she was far mm-hmm. and away um, mm-hmm. the best choice for you. So I think when people, you know, people say, should I send a thank you note? And I say, only if you want the job. Yeah, and, you know. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So you talked about the, uh, is it the pillar or the principles, the three principles? So tell me what that is. 
So the three principles are consideration, respect, and honesty. And so those are what every rule is based on. And so for me, if etiquette doesn't have one of those behind it, then I don't teach it. So if it's, um, you know, it used to be people thought they should put their pinkies out when they, you know, drink tea. Well, Mm -hmm. that's no purpose. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that is not a part of etiquette for me or really for anybody who teaches etiquette. That's something you see in cartoons. Right. Um, But anything that, you know, a lot of that antiquated old etiquette that really didn't serve a purpose or Mm -hmm. we just don't have that level of formality anymore um, isn't something. But, you know, you can always go back to consideration and, you know, that's thinking about other people and having empathy Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of deciding what your options are. And then you have respect, which is, okay, how in this interaction something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then are you going to feel good at the end of it or are you going to feel bad at the end of it? And, okay. you know, always choosing the option that makes that person feel cared for and feel respected. And then honesty is the last one, which is the most important one, because you can do the first two. But if you do it in a sarcastic way or mm-hmm. it's not sincere, you've done more harm than good. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. I really love those principles because I think they apply in so many aspects of life. But yes, etiquette for sure. So tell me a little bit about um, in the office environment. Are there things that we could be doing to show etiquette in an office environment or is there poor etiquette that we could be stopping? Well, I'll give you a, a del- or I'll give you a quiz here. Okay. Um, so what do you think the number one complaint is? among coworkers when it comes uh, to etiquette gossip i would say or loud conversations yes number oh. 1 is people talking too loudly on their mm. cell phones mm-hmm. is an on the phone that's number 1 gossip is a close second okay. and you know the one thing about gossip is that's one that can get you fired I mean, there are people who get fired for that so mm-hmm. um that's a biggie so in the office um you know, taking care of shared spaces is important. Mm-hmm. You know, I say if you have the ability to put it in the office fridge, you have the ability to take it out of the refrigerator as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shared spaces can be can sometimes be tricky. But I yeah. think that um, personal space and people who um, are constantly interrupting somebody, that's a big one. So even if you're working in a cubicle, you have to Keep in mind, pretend that those are walls and ask for somebody's permission and time before you enter their space. Um, Personal calls and texts should have a really, um, you know, we're not going to avoid them. They're going to happen. But the calls need to be taken out in another room and texts really need to be kept to a minimum. Because even if you're not making noise and you're not... um, People can't don't necessarily know who you're texting and that it's a personal thing. They do know because they right. can just tell that you're not present um, in your conversation or, or with the work that you're doing. So I think those are also things to take really good care of. And, you know, having being civil to one another. Mm-hmm. As the little things of, you know, returning calls, returning emails, not interrupting people. Um, all of these things can, you know add up in a Mm -hmm. person's day and one or two of these things happen and somebody's had a a pretty bad day after they've encountered that incivility over and over again. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what about, you know, it's been, um, you know, we've definitely evolved over the past hundred years. There were many things that were not in existence back when Emily Post wrote these standards, um, such as social media and cell phones. So how has the Emily Post Institute really taken that into consideration in, you know, evaluating these rules? There's hardly any lesson that we teach that mm-hmm. does not encompass cell phones or include cell phones in some way. I, really? You know, from meeting etiquette, we talk about cell phones. Dining etiquette, we talk about cell phones. Um, but in general, you know, just let having people control their cell phones and not right. letting the cell phones control them. This uh-huh. is a tool. Cell phones aren't bad. It's the way that we use them that can be bad. So I think you want to, you know, really take care when um, you could uh, disturb somebody or you could disturb an activity, put your phone on silent and, mm-hmm. you know, don't let that disturb. I, I have my phone on silent all the time right. just because I, you know, interruptions are difficult for me to kind of recover from. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, then I'm, if my phone rings, then I'm on my phone for 20 minutes and, and forget. Mm-hmm. So I have my cell phone on silent. That might work for some people. But I think that really being aware that, you know, this thing, uh, technology can get in the way at, um, you know, it's at family meals, it's in meetings, it's when you're having a conversation with somebody else. Um, right. You're, you know, you've been there when you're having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden, they're looking at your their cell phone. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what do you do? Right. <laughs> so we always want to pay attention to the person that's in the room with us. That's a person who takes priority. Yes, I agree. I, you know, I, I, <clears throat> I am guilty of one thing that I don't know. And I'm going to ask you because you'll be able to tell me if this is accurate or not. I don't like to take phone calls during the day unless it's scheduled. And the reason is because if I'm focused on something, you know, whether I'm, you know, writing, writing, or I'm sending an email or I'm doing invoices or whatever that, you know, whatever the task is, if the phone rings and I have to take that call, I don't get back to what I was doing at the same pace for about 30 minutes. It takes about 30 minutes to re-engage at the same pace and focus that I was before. So I don't take phone calls. Is that rude or not rude? I don't know. It, it is not rude to not take phone calls. I think there's really not an expectation when we call somebody that they're going to answer the phone. Okay. I mean, we're none of us are are stunned or shocked or should be hmm. when we get somebody's voicemail. So right. I think that leaving a voicemail is fine or just sending a text. But the key is then to listen to the voicemail or read the text before calling somebody back. Mm. Sometimes we think, oh, well, I'll just call them back. Well, you know, they take the time to leave the voicemail and it does really expedite the conversation right. if um, you go ahead and you listen to the voicemail to see what they said. Okay. All right. I like that. I can do that. Okay. So yeah, because I've always wondered, like when I tell people, please don't call me unless we have it scheduled because it it's just, and sometimes I feel like that's being rude, but I also know that my focus is way diverted when I take these random calls that come in, you know, and it, it's, it, I almost get more agitated than what they deserve on the phone. So I, it doesn't usually go well. <laughs> so. Well, and when you recognize that about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. that that's 
great. And mm-hmm. I don't think that any anybody could hold that against you, you know, especially when you deliver it in a way of, oh, I'd love to talk, you know, I'd love to set up a time to talk with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really kind of putting that out there from the beginning. So mm-hmm. that's the expectation. I okay. think you're in good stead there. All right. All right. Fine. Good. <laughs> so, so let's pivot a little bit and let's talk about etiquette and dating because um, I am single and I have gone on, you know, dates over the past five years and, and I am sh- shocked most of the time at the poor etiquette <laughs> on a date. And I am not perfect by any stretch, but I'd love to hear some dating etiquette. So, you know, this is going to go back to the cell phones, of course. Mm -hmm. So when you're on a date, and especially when you're eating with somebody, the cell phone is in a pocket, it's in a purse, it's not Mm -hmm. even on the table. Uh, This is not even if you get the most perfect sandwich, do not take a picture of it and send it to Instagram. (laughs) You are on the date, not your phone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, we have to reference phones. But I think, too, you really want to take care in how you speak to other people. Because there's nothing more telling in a person than how they treat other people. And so... I think you want to, you know, that's a big red flag is to make sure you go out of your way to treat, you know, the server and people you come into contact with in a kind way. And um, hopefully that's not an act for the person, but it's just kind of a reminder for them. And I think, you know, being present, um, the topics of conversation, I think, are something you want to take care with. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about... um, religion, politics, money, or past relationships on a first date. Mm -hmm. These are things that you don't want to get into. And it's not that we were not going to do that later and make connections. And, you know, it's not going to be superficial. But on that first date, and you're presenting the best version of yourself, those topics are off the table. So, you know, I think you want to be interested in the other person, ask questions, listen to them a lot like our interview etiquette, because um, we are kind of interviewing somebody right. in, mm-hmm. in that position. But, um, and I think, you know, always, um, you know, just wanting to make that person feel cared for and special mm-hmm. is is something that is really important. Okay, wonderful. Well, this is great, helpful information. So um, we talked a lot about cell phones and, you know, you know, how they can be perceived as, you know, uh, distraction or, or, you know, uh, rude at times. So at the dinner table, I am an advocate of no cell phones at the dinner table ever. So um, we, my son and I have dinner together every night that he's here and no cell phones, like they're not even allowed to come to the table. But I feel like that's becoming more commonplace for people to be on their cell phones at dinner, even if they're with their families. It is. And I think that your rule is wonderful. That's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a, an organization that promotes this. It's called the Family Meals Movement. And they promote eating as a family and mm-hmm. um, having it be device free. And mm-hmm. so that's where I come in is, you know, the device free part of it. I think it starts when they're so young. And it the reason kids start using technology at the table is because their parents are using it to keep the child entertained Mm-hmm. Um, while the food comes. And uh, so then it just becomes something, then it's the child's own cell phone. 
that they're mm-hmm. going to be using at, at the table. And I think it's so dangerous because there's so many great things that happen around a dinner table yeah. and and learning moments. So, you know, mm-hmm. learning some patience, learning to have conversations, talking about our day. Sometimes you can create little rituals um, mm-hmm. about, you know, tell me about the best part of your day. And everyone does that or conversation starters. I think that there is research that shows how much healthier children are who have regular meals. And this is from, you know, their own um, self-respect and Mm self-worth and how they feel to their eating habits. There's just so much evidence that shows that this is so important to do. Um, And sometimes you can integrate Mm -hmm. technology if you're all watching a video and commenting on it and what it was or... um, So, and it's not, so it's not a hard and fast no, but I, I think that, you know, just the rule that there's just no technology at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, we, at our house, we've done this with our kids to where my 16 year old will be the first one to turn off the television when it's time to eat, because Mm -hmm. that's just how, you know, it is at our house. And, um, it's just never been any other way. And if somebody does bring a phone to the table, it's um, usually me because I feel <laughs> like I need to get some work done. And I am quickly told, um, you know, that there's no phones at the table and to put it away. Um, but I'm just so glad that he calls me out on that. So yeah, um, I think But if, if parents could do one thing for their kids, and this is something that is free, mm-hmm. you know, this is not, this is an easy it hopefully easy thing to do. Right. It doesn't cost any money and the payoff is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The other thing that I have found is that kids who don't have cell phones at the table, who have to interact with adults and their family members, and they are better socially adjusted. Um, you know, I, <clears throat> I run across so many kids who kind of like fold when they have to talk to an adult because, you know, they spend 90% of their time in their bedroom, on a video game, on a phone, like just, you know, away from, from human interaction, really. And so when they have to actually talk to somebody, especially an adult, they, they just don't know what to do. So having that confidence to be able to hold a conversation without technology there is, it's a huge life skill. And I would have never thought that was a life skill before. <laughs> but, you know, it, seeing the kids it now. Absolutely it absolutely really is. is. <laughs> it is. Yes. So, I mean, life, you know, you think that's a something that, you know, we grew up with. Of course, you can have a conversation with anyone who talks to you. Of course, you can have a conversation with an adult. But the kids these days, it's not that way. <laughs> a lot of them have. It's very tough. Very, yeah. They're and very they, nervous. Yeah. The anxiety can be mm-hmm. really, really huge. And. Um, you know, a lot of kids who do have anxiety have anxiety about eating in public. Uh-huh. And, you know, one part of that is that they're afraid they're going to be called out for doing hmm. something incorrectly. And then the other part of that is that they don't want people watching them eat. Yeah. They just feel very anxious about that. And we can't let that we can't let that happen to our kids. Right. You know, right. I mean, we we owe them um, to teach them the rules that will give them confidence at the table Mm -hmm. and they're pretty easy rules to follow, but man, they are so important. Yeah, absolutely. So while we're talking about the dinner table, let's talk about that eating etiquette. And it's so important to have great etiquette at a table. Um, You know, I, I, 
was a server for a lot of my time growing up. And so while I didn't have a lot of family dinners growing up, um, and I, I did end up learning etiquette from working in restaurants. So, but what can we teach people about etiquette at the dinner table? I think, you know, eating is inherently gross. Mm-hmm. You know, we are trying to stab something on our plate <laughs> right. and then we're going to balance it to our mouth and mm-hmm. then we're going to pulverize it with, mm-hmm. you know, and then we're going to swallow it. And then we do that 30, 40 times in a meal. So mm-hmm. I think that the number one I thing I tell um, kids and especially students is ask yourself the question, is what I'm about to do going to gross somebody else out? Mm. And, you know, start right there is, you know, if I saw somebody chewing with their mouth open or I saw somebody who um, blew their nose at the table mm-hmm. or um, I recently got an example of uh, somebody asked me about it, flossing your teeth at the table. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay. yes, do that right after you clip your toenails. <laughs> right. Uh, that's disgusting. So gross. So gross. Um, so I think, you know, that's the overall picture is try not to gross other people out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, knowing that the fork, the small fork that's on your left side, that's on the outermost is for your salad. And then you have your entree fork and you have your knife and your spoon, knowing just those basics, mm-hmm. knowing which is your bread plate and which is your drink. So you don't get it mixed up with somebody else. Those are easy to teach um, and then really set you up for mm-hmm. 90% of the meals that you're going to come into contact with. And, you know, the biggest thing is if you don't know what to do, just sit and watch what somebody right. else does. And I think people, you know, do have that anxiety that people are going to look at them and and correct them. Really, everybody who's at that table has that same anxiety. And mm-hmm. even if you teach etiquette, especially if you teach etiquette, do you have that same same anxiety that everybody else does of trying to do everything perfectly? And so, you know, keep in mind, people really aren't watching you mm-hmm. as much as you might think that they are. So I think it's great to invest in um, a book or mm-hmm. a video or, you know, go to YouTube, go to TikTok, go, um, you know, go to my Instagram, right. go to those kinds of things and um, learn those basic rules and then once you know those rules, you can kind of um, do them automatically and then connect with the person at the table. And so building that relationship over a meal is your biggest um, task is that's that's what you're really there for. Mm-hmm. You know, when we do um, my company, we provide servers a lot for for different weddings and, and special events. So sometimes we'll do food service. And so I teach I teach food service to my employees, but really what I'm teaching them is etiquette, you know, how, you know, which way to place a plate and which way to remove it. But I tell everybody, you know, I have to use these little um, keys, you know, on, on like, I want them to know that this is easy. Right. And so I'm like, etiquette is not hard. You don't have to memorize a lot. It's, it's pretty simple. So you eat from the outside in on the, on the, on the uh, silverware, correct? So yes. the soup spoon, the salad fork are on the outside, and then the inside is the entree knife and the entree fork, and then on the top is the dessert. So it should be simple. 
Um, so I try to keep it as simple as possible for when I'm when I'm training my employees, but also when I'm teaching my son. You know, I had him mm-hmm. setting the table. Um, and then with with bread and drink, I always use the B and the D. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that? <laughs> so you just put your You're fingers stealing up. my material. I'm Angela. sorry. <laughs> So I, uh, yeah, we always do the B and the D. And so I always tell everyone, if you're watching the video, you can see us doing this, but you make a B with one with your left hand and a D with your, with your right hand. And uh, it's basically two okay signs. Um, and that's how you know, which is your bread and which is your drink side. <laughs> so you can be the one at the table who knows because everybody yes. else is looking and wondering. <laughs> but yes, I, I think that, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said with dining etiquette and, you know, getting through a great meal. You know, when you when you have the opportunity to go to a really nice restaurant and have a great meal, especially if that meal is with clients or, you know, somebody who, you know, is it's an interview. It's it's somebody that you're trying to impress. You want to know that dining etiquette. Yes, it makes a meal go more smoothly. And then you really can um, think about the per- the people around the table and the mm-hmm. purpose for being there and yeah. not um questioning oh my gosh what's coming next and what you know utensil am i going to use right right yeah taking the nerves out of anything allows you to relax and be more yourself so tell me some other etiquette that maybe we we miss on a daily basis just you know in daily life what can we be doing to be more considerate to others well you know there's just these magic words that Um, We talk about through the Mm -hmm. Emily Post Institute and, you know, please is a great one. Um, Thank you. Excuse me. I'm Mm -hmm. sorry. These are all things that we need to remind ourselves of in situations. I think that, you know, holding the door and Mm -hmm. people will say, you know, should men still hold the door for women? And I said, yes, everybody should hold the door for somebody else, no matter who's older, younger, female, male, we should just hold the door for other people. That's the nice thing to do. Um, right. We give compliments and make sure they're genuine. But, you know, the the way you can turn somebody's day around with a, you know, compliment is just amazing. And yes. that makes them feel as good as you do by giving it. Mm-hmm. So I think we really need to focus on others and have empathy. We have had so much stress in our lives over the last three years. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, we've every every corner, you know, whether I was you were in a newsroom or you were in a restaurant or you were in the medical field. I mean, everybody was, you know, really pushed to the point yes. of um, and we looked so inward mm-hmm. when we're stressed and we're not yeah. really looking at people around us and thinking about their needs and how we can help them when you're looking at yourself. And so I am encouraging everybody, stop looking at yourself, mm-hmm. start looking at other people and thinking how you can impact them in a positive way. Because again, it doesn't just work to help them out. It helps you out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. And giving grace, you know, I feel like over the past couple of years, if we if we could have learned anything, it's please give grace. You know, you have no idea what somebody's dealing with. Yeah. And I talk about, you know, kind of the measuring stick, you know, how mm. much um, when I'm late to something, what goes through my mind is that, you know, I had to do this and I lost my keys and then I, I 
you know, I had to walk the dog in the rain, uh, you know, I yeah. had to do all these things. But then when somebody else is late, what am I thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, well, you know, they don't really respect me Mm -hmm. or they're always late. And, you know, so help me if they walk in with a coffee from Starbucks that, you know, you know, delayed them. And so, you know, we're using two different yardsticks to measure ourselves Mm -hmm. and others. And if we can ease up on that and give people, you know, the same breaks to them that you would give for yourself, it's, it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell me who inspires you? Well, you know, my mom inspires yeah. me. She um, is the most grace- gracious person. Um, she's a wonderful host. Uh, mm-hmm. She's lived all across the world and has always um, had a wonderful group of people. Um, I don't think she's met a stranger and she's certainly once she's met them, you know, they're her friend. And so, you know, that's, she really inspired me to, um, to kind of go through life trying to make it better for other people. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Very nice. So, so if your mother is inspiring you and traveling around the world and doing all of these amazing things, is that where you get your, your kind of that perspective of, you know, how can we treat other people better and, and what can we do here in the U S and, and to, to raise that level up of, you know, how we treat others and how we respect them. You know, and I really started this because I wanted to have the, um, confidence and I wanted to um, make myself feel good yeah, and <laughs> and have that positivity in my life. Right. But then what I learned was, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's, it's amplified because right. now I can do it for others. And if yeah. I can bring that to others and I help people, you know, feel more confident in social situations where uh, I'm not really very good at networking, you know, so we'll have a couple classes over networking and then I'll take them, you know, to an event where we're networking. And when we're done and they're, you know, have learned something from that. And I know that they're probably going to teach it to somebody else. I I love that. And so where I thought that this was going to be me, 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 I'm going to learn this, I'm going to learn the rules. It's not at all. It's, um, it, you know, turned into something else where my um, passion is now teaching it to others. Oh, I love that. I love it. That's wonderful. So a question that I ask on every podcast. So er as women, we often give our power away. And you know, that could be something as simple as taking a criticism and not responding to it or um, giving someone else credit for work that we did or giving the accolades away, even though some of that credit goes with, you know, to us. Have you given your power away? Um, and I'm sure you have because as women, we do this all the time. So tell me about a time that you gave your power away and then tell me about a time that you stepped into your power. I think, you know, with giving your power away, um, you know, we are we are prone to doing that, especially mm. um, if, you know, our boss is a male. And mm-hmm. so sometimes when you, you know, you, I feel very passionately about something that you just won't push it because you're, you're afraid to speak up. Right. And I think that if I was in that situation now, I could do it differently because what I have learned is being polite doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It doesn't mean that you're always saying yes. It doesn't mean that you're saying your yes to every invitation. It is being able to 
set boundaries mm. in a considerate, respectful, and honest way. And so sometimes the news that we need to give people isn't positive, but it's that way, the way that we give it to them that can really help. And so um, the etiquette has really um, helped me with that. Yeah. And you know, I think daily when you're, you know, trying to um you know, decline an invitation to a party and knowing how to do that. That is, that gives you power because that's power mm -hmm. over your time. Yes. And I think being able to, um, to do those things are, are things that I do much more easily than I used to. I love it. So give me an example of what that looks like when you decline an invitation or where you set boundaries in a considerate way. Can you give me an, uh, a, an example of that? I think if, if you don't want to do something that you're asked to do. You know, I mean, this is the fifth bake sale in a row that somebody right. asked you to <laughs> participate in. Mm -hmm. I think you can just, um, you know, you want to take a minute to uh, consider the, uh, the ask. So a, mm -hmm. a quick yes is probably something you're going to regret. And right. a quick no is not going to help the relationship with the person. So, you know, taking a little time. And then I think that you can just come back to the person and say, you know, unfortunately, I don't have time to take that on. Mm -hmm. Or I wouldn't be the best person to do that right now. And then you can kind of give them a little bit of a time frame if it's, well, but, but if you have one in a couple months, I'd love to help out. Or you shut that door with, I'm not a, I'm not a baker. So mm -hmm. I'm just not the person you're going to want to ask to do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then I think people will try to change your mind. Right. And so at that point, your job is just to listen and empathize and say, I can see you're in a bind. Boy, you know, that's that's really tough when you have to ask people to do that. And then just listen. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just listening um, is really the, the best thing for it is just to listen to them. But um, that's I think those are kind of the steps to saying no, but you haven't hurt the relationship by saying no. Yeah, I love that. I love that setting boundaries allows you to take your power back because you're so absolutely right about that. I love that so much. So what advice would you give to 18-year-old you? I would probably take more chances. And, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up and it was you, you know, I was a rule follower. And yes. so went to high school, went to college, um, got a job in a field, stayed in that field for 25 years. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think kids are doing that now. I think right. that they are getting more varied experience. But for me, it was once you get a job and that's a good job, boy, you stick with that job. And, mm -hmm. and you know, just, you know, whether you like it or not. <laughs> um, and so I think that I would have said, you know, you know, always be willing to pivot and move and don't mm. be so afraid and you know understand that your skills are varied and you can fit in a lot of places and you don't have to just be in in one place so absolutely good great advice so with all that you've accomplished and as far as you've come and you've pivoted in your career and you've done you know exactly what you just said and just you know you took that chance what do you wish more people knew? That's such a good question. I wish more people knew that etiquette is not something to be scared of. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's not it's not an old word. And I think that we try to, you know, zhuzh it up with other, you know, ways to call it, but it right. is etiquette. And whether that sounds old and like you're clutching your pearls or, you know, whatnot, um, embrace that word because it's mm-hmm. a good word. And I think that we, I wish more people um, would not be afraid of exploring it and certainly using it in their day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much for all of that incredible insight. This has been such a pleasure. I've really enjoyed talking with you. So Christy, any final thoughts? No, I think I just encourage people to um, be kind mm-hmm. to one another, think about other people, and really um, take a look at how you're impacting the situation around you and yes. what you could do to make that situation better. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen to that. <clears throat> well, Christy Spencer, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. I you as am- well. Thank you. So um, I'm really glad we had you on today. We just wrapped up a series on health and wellness, and I feel like this is a really good segment to kind of go into, you know, to kind of end that because while health and wellness, I feel are, you know, we're not talking about just internal and external, you know, bodily, you know, areas. We're also talking about mentally and, and confidence comes from etiquette, you know, from having great etiquette and knowing that, you know, you can sit down at a dinner table or interact in any situation and feel confident. That's also a part of health and wellness. So thank you for that. So I have really enjoyed our talk today. That is the end of our segment. And I hope everyone goes to prettypowerfulpodcast.com and checks out Christy Spencer and all of her amazing information. Her bio is there. Her links to her website are there. Please do follow her. And um, I think you'll you'll gain even more insight. So thank you again, Christy. Thank you. All right, everybody have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.